Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Today's scripture comes from Genesis chapter 25, verses 7 to 11. Abraham lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age. An old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite, in the field Abram had bought from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with his wife, Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son, Isaac. Here ends the reading. This is Mirhan Nasir. From 1988 to 2006, he lived in an airport terminal, an airport terminal in Paris. He had been traveling from Bangkok to the United Kingdom, and somewhere in the midst of his journey, he lost all of his paperwork and he literally became trapped in this airport for 16 years. Steven Spielberg took this story and turned it into a Hollywood movie starring Tom Hanks, entitled Terminal. One of the spokesmen for this airport said that airports frequently become a place between heaven and earth. For Mr. Nasir, the airport literally became his home for 16 years. Between heaven and earth, he was trapped. In the Testament of Abraham, we see a parallel to this story. A soul becomes trapped. Perhaps you've never heard of the Testament of Abraham. The Testament of Abraham is an account of Abraham's impending death. God sees Abraham as a good friend and decides to forewarn Abraham of his death. And so he chooses Michael, the supreme commander, the archangel, to make the trip down to Abraham to let him know what is coming, that he can put his fares in order. However, when he arrives and shares this message with Abraham, Abraham says, uh, no, thank you. I'm not going anywhere. So Michael goes back up into heaven and tells God, and God says, well, let's go plan B. Plan B is I will give a dream to Isaac, his son. And then Isaac will come forth and he will share the dream and you, Michael, will interpret it for Abraham. And that's exactly what happens. It is at that point that Abraham understands that God's not joking around. This is serious stuff. 
So Abraham again says, you know what, God, I've been alive for about a thousand years. I'm not ready to go yet, so I will go if you grant me one favor. And Michael, the archangel, on behalf of God, says, well, what is it? And, Michael say, and Abraham says, before I die, I want one last vacation trip. I want to be able to tour the world. Michael grants Abraham his wish. He gets ready the heavenly chariot, and he and Abraham climb aboard, and they begin circulating around the world. And in the midst of their travel, travel, Abraham notices different things that are happening on the earth. He begins to see people acting in an unrighteous way. And here he is, righteous Abraham, looking at these unrighteous acts done by these people, and Abraham becomes quite upset. Upset to the point that he actually calls on God to start destroying these individuals. Immediate and swift judgment, their death. According to the Testament of Abraham, this happens three times when God realizes that allowing Abraham to take this vacation is not going to work out well because more than likely, Abraham's going to end up killing everyone. So God tells Michael, bring him here. So Michael turns the chariot, and they head to the east side of the world. And there they find the gate between heaven and earth. Michael and Abraham dismount from the chariot, and they watch as individuals are making this transition from the earth to the life beyond. As they come closer to the gate, Abraham noticed what's taking place. This is the judgment scene. At the gate, Abraham notices that there are angels, and they have this large book. And the book is a record of each individual's accounts of life. Every act, every word spoken is recorded in this book. And the angel is looking at all the acts that are done well and those that are done for evil. But that's not enough. This judicial system is perfect. So not only do you have the books, but you actually have the scales. And in each pan that you put the deeds that are positive, and in the other pan you put the deeds that are negative. And then you would think that would be sufficient. It almost appears to be overkill. Because what happens next is there's this testing fire that actually will look at the life of this human being and assess where they truly stand. Now, if we go back to the scale imagery, if they weigh in direction of evil, then they enter in through the wide way which leads to perdition. If the scale, however, is tipped in the favorable direction, then they enter in through the narrow way to paradise. So Abraham is watching this, 
And then he notices that there's this one soul that is standing off to the side. And that soul piques Abraham's curiosity. And so he turns to Michael and he asks Michael and says, what's going on with this soul? It appears to be caught in the middle. And the testament of Abraham says, And behold, the angel who held the soul in his hand brought it before the judge. And the judge told one of the angels who served him, Open for me his book and find for me the sins of this soul. And when he opened the book, he found its sins and righteous deeds to be equally balanced. And he neither turned it over to the torturers, nor placed it in among those who were being saved, but he set it in the middle. Here is a soul who did some things not so good and did some things that were really good. That's like the majority of us. We do things we regret, and we do those things that we are pleased of. But for this particular soul, he is literally balanced. There's enough good deeds and enough evil deeds that the scales are perfectly balanced. Abraham looks to Michael and says, well, what's going to happen now? What happens next? And again, the testament of Abraham, it says that Abraham said to the commander-in-chief, Michael, and what is still lacking to that soul in order that it might be saved? And Michael said, if it could acquire one more righteous deed, more than its sins, it would be able to be saved. But now we got a problem. Remember I mentioned earlier, this is a perfect system. They don't make mistakes. Judgment is just. And Abraham realizes that this soul will literally be caught in the middle until the final judgment of God, and who knows how far away that might be. Mr. Nasir thought he had it bad for 16 years being caught in an airport terminal. This soul literally is caught in the middle, perhaps for hundreds or thousands of years. This soul is an in-betweener. There's something about this soul, however, that impacts Abraham. And the Abraham who before was so quick to place judgment upon those who were doing wicked, the same Abraham who showed no mercy, no sympathy toward the unrighteous, begins to feel a shift within himself. And for the first time, he feels compassion for this soul. And in his compassion, he comes up with an idea. And Abraham said to the angel, 
what if we pray for this soul? Because there can no longer be any good deeds, there can no longer be any evil deeds. What if we just pray to God that God will show compassion for this one soul who is perfectly balanced and save him? And Michael says, okay, let's give it a try. And they begin to pray. And after their prayer, they turn and Abraham says to Michael, where's the soul? Where's the soul which you were holding in the middle? And Michael answered him, it was saved. It was saved through your righteous prayer. And behold, a light-bearing angel took it and carried it up to paradise. And Abraham feels a great sense of relief. Now, the story ends positively for this soul. Because this soul experiences God's mercy. God is willing to intervene on behalf of this one soul. However, for those who are reading the Testament of Abraham, they all of a sudden realize there's a problem. Because if God was willing to do that for one soul that was caught in the balance, what if there's another soul that is also perfectly balanced? What will God do? What if there is no one to pray for that soul? What will God do? And what if, what if there is one individual where the scales and the pans are just about balanced, but there's one righteous deed that is missing? Will God show mercy? Will Abraham or someone else pray for that soul? The story is amazing because it reminds us of this bargaining that was going on between God and Abraham when it came to Sodom and Gomorrah. And so the readers remember all of this. And then all of a sudden, in the reader's mind, something clicks. This judgment scene, which has been circumvented by God, is not created by God. It was created by Abraham. That's how Abraham sees how the world should be judged. You take all the good deeds, and you take all the evil deeds, and you see what happens, and you let it sort itself out. No judgment without justice. But in this story, Abraham realizes that doesn't work. And Abraham begins to feel compassion and as you sense that, as a reader or as a listener of this story, all of a sudden you begin to feel what Abraham felt. And you begin to realize 
maybe I need to be more compassionate toward others. Maybe I need to be less judgmental toward others. Maybe I, like the God in the Testament of Abraham, need to be more compassionate. Maybe I need to look at others with the eyes of God's love rather than just through my eyes of harshness and judgment. We believe that this testament was first written by a Jewish writer. But there was something about that message that clicked with the Christians also. And they took it and they preserved it. And it became a part of what we now call the Apocrypha. And I wonder the reason why this clicked for them was because they recalled the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. When Jesus says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For by the standard you judge, you yourself will be judged. And the measure you use will be the same measure you receive. So what about this testament of Abraham for today? Right now, there is a tension, a tension that is not only within our nation, but throughout our world. This week, a 17-year-old kid from Illinois grabbed a rifle and went to Wisconsin and ended up killing two people. He passed judgment on those two people. Reminds me a lot of Abraham. He saw something and he reacted and he acted swiftly and he acted fatally. In the midst of the racial tension that we find in society today, we have chosen sides, many of us, between Black Lives Matter and the police officers. We are choosing sides and making judgment calls based upon those individuals who support the Democratic nominee and those who support the Republican nominee. And in our minds, we make assumptions and we make judgments upon those individuals just because of their party affiliation. People are hurting other people and passing judgment on other people based on if they are or are not wearing a mask. 
And as bad as it is, this is nothing new. And the testament of Abraham makes us aware of that. There's a part of our nature that wants to create this dichotomy between them and us, the righteous and the unrighteous. But this testament of Abraham reminds us of a God who is not like that. This is a God who is willing to circumvent and intervene in a perfect judicial system just to show compassion. And Abraham learns the lesson. And here we are almost 2,000 years later, and now it is up to us to learn the lesson again. Folks, we are all struggling in life. Each of us have had experiences from the womb to the tomb. We have had experiences that have created trauma in our lives, that have affected the psyche of who we are, and that impacts the way that we act and respond to other people. If we could recognize that at the core of us, however, is the desire to live a good life. Unlike others, I don't believe we are inherently evil. And so can we be a little bit more compassionate to each other? Can we be less swift to pass judgment on each other? At the end of the Testament of Abraham, he dies because he's learned his lesson. And now it's our turn to learn the lesson of love and compassion. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.